Hello and welcome to another of these special episodes of the ISBA BursaCast, where we're going to be hearing from another of the headline sponsors for our upcoming May conference. In this episode, we're thrilled to have Michael Rogers, Head of Business Development in the Education Department for Redwood Collections, as our special guest. Michael will be joining us to discuss the vital role that Redwood Collections can play in supporting independent schools and how they can specifically benefit bursars. As a leading provider of debt collection services to the independent education sector, Redwood brings a wealth of experience and expertise to the table. During our conversation, Michael will share his insights into the key challenges facing bursars in today's climate and explain how Redwood services can help to alleviate these challenges. Whether you're looking to improve your school's cash flow, reduce your debt recovery times, or simply streamline your billing processes. Michael has plenty of insights to share. So whether you're a bursar at an independent school or simply interested in the latest developments in the sector, be sure to tune into this episode of the BursaCast podcast. On to the chat. Michael, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Leah. No, it's a delight. And I gather recently you've been busy training for a quite an intense trek. That's right. Yes, yes, we are. We are embarking on the the, the National Three Peaks Challenge, which uh, which involves climbing the three tallest peaks in England, Scotland, and Wales um, in twenty four hours. So, yeah, quite ambitious, but um, it's for a good course. The uh, the Royal National Children's Springboard Foundation. So, um, so yeah, looking forward to it. We're um, yeah, we're we're, we're well on our way to our target. So, um, so things are looking good. Yeah, well done. Rather you than me. 10 out of 10 effort on that one. <laughs> so yeah, I thought I'd try to get you on today to talk a little bit about Redwood. Obviously, you guys are fantastic sponsors of the ISBIT conference, have been for a number of years. Uh, and we just want to get a little bit of more info about everything Redwood does and can offer to the independent sector. Obviously, you guys work with an awful lot of independent schools as it stands. Mm. Um, but could you tell us a little bit more about Redwood Collections and the services you provide to independent schools? Yeah, of course. So our, I mean, the core of our business, as uh, as, as you're probably aware, is uh, debt collection, and it has been for you know the past sort of 14, 15 years since the since the company started. Um, always worked with with independent schools. I mean, it, obviously, it's grown throughout the years. Um, it, it gives us that experience to to offer the the best guidance we believe to our private school clients. We are, I mean, we're always looking for, for sort of new ways to help out the industry. Um, so obviously the, the debt collection, as I say, is the core of what we do. However, you know, along the way, we find out new bits of information that helps us to help the industry. So Parent Check Plus, which um, yeah, the anti-money laundering side of things, it came to the surface a few years ago, which is, which is something we developed. So that's quite a, a, an exciting venture for us. A lot of schools are, are very interested in, you know, beefing up their anti-money laundering checks. We've also considered things like bursary review services and, and things like that in the past. The latest thing, in fact, is our new service called Branch, which is a, effectively sits somewhere between debt collection and uh, and debt purchase, um, which, which we're very excited about. We've not formally launched it, but may well be at your uh, at your conference in May. So yeah, it's all it's all go for us. I mean, as I say, it's uh, you know it's, it's ever changing. There always like to be new things that we're uh, evolving on. But um, yeah, that's the sort of core of our business, I suppose. Okay, fantastic. And did did the pandemic change anything to do with the business you guys do? It did. It did in ways. I mean, we we obviously had to adapt to, to suit the situation. Um, you know, debt collection can be seen as 
uh, as fairly robust, shall we say, in uh, in the best of times. So with with COVID and everything, we had to make sure we were, I suppose, softening things up a bit. Uh, our, our credit management approach certainly helped with that, which is effectively the the softer side of debt collection, shall we say. So you know, it's um, it, it comes across with a with a much softer tone. So that certainly helped schools feel a bit more comfortable to, you know, refer cases through the pandemic because, you know, obviously they still need to make sure the the payments are still coming in. Um, but just doing it in a, in a, I suppose a slightly different way. You know, every, every so often there is sort of a new uh, crisis, shall we say? And you know, it was Brexit a couple of years ago where we were, you know, concerned about international borders getting getting back to the country. COVID, obviously, the, the, the point of the question. And I'm, I'm sure next year, we'll probably discuss the cost of living crisis at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And then how do you ensure that your debt recovery practices are ethical and compliant with industry regulations? You mentioned that you, know, you can have a softer touch or a harder touch. What are the kind of intricacies of the ethical and compliance side of it? Yeah, so not uh, not every debt collection agency is, but um, we are fully FCA regulated. So we have to comply with uh, you know, the very high standards that the FCA put down, you know, we're heavily audited, as you can imagine. We're also members of the the CSA, the Credit uh, Services Association, which, again, have to comply with their their code of conduct. It's, it's important. I mean, for us internally as a, as a business and the nature of what we do, it's important that the staff are not incentivized incorrectly. By that, we mean we don't need sort of overzealous individuals, you know, trying to get in as much money as possible and ignoring the fact that the parents may genuinely be struggling. Uh, so that's, you know, on the ethical side of things. But um, compliance, as I say, I mean, our FCA badge of honor, shall we say, is, uh, is extremely important to us. And, you know, no collection is, is going to be put in front of that. All of our collectors as well, they are and have gone through the industry qualifications as, uh, as you would expect. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. You you obviously have to make sure everything's uh, above board, and even more so with um with the debt collection sector. Yeah, of course. And I mean, at what stage should schools come to you for your services? I, I mean, it varies. To be honest, you know, some will list debt straight away with us. I mean, generally speaking, it's once the in-house process is complete, then it's sort of time to to think about referring out. Now, as I say, I mean, some will literally send to us as soon as it's become overdue for a couple of weeks, for example. Some will even employ us to do their sort of internal debt collection process. So by that, I mean a, a white labeling type service. So we essentially will take on the persona of the school. We would send out the initial letters, the reminders, the statements and everything. That's quite, a, I suppose, a, an extreme example. But um, I mean, typically, yes, once the in-house process has been complete, the ideal scenario for schools is to resolve it in-house internally. There will be occasions when we will say that it's probably best you hold off on referring while you sort of try and resolve the the issue internally. As long as that's not sort of damaging the the, the momentum and uh, you're not sort of likely to, um, to to fall into the trap of offering payment plans and, and deadlines and everything's just missed, and then it becomes uh, it becomes more of a problem. And um, I mean referring sooner isn't necessarily always better but you know waiting too long can you know be just as damaging if not if not more so i mentioned at the start about our debt purchase slash uh, collection arrangement which again is a, a new thing that we're sort of about to launch for the for the sector which 
it will help with bursters who are just sort of coming into post who are finding that there's a, a backlog of old debt where you know bursters maybe haven't followed the the internal processes as uh, as strictly as as they could have or, or should have perhaps um so that is a way of clearing up that backlog of debt without sort of having to having to write it off you've given quite a lot of advice there but is there, are there any pieces of advice that you regularly do give or think bursters would really benefit from regarding their way of improving debt recovery processes mm. or preventing future financial issues yeah certainly i mean so it's all about process. We, we always say that it's important to have a process and make sure you're sticking to it. Escalation is also very important. So, you know, it can start with the credit controller, for example, then the finance manager, if the credit controller is not having any luck, then onto the bursar, which is typically the, the, the sort of final stage. But I mean, I mean, governors have even been known to get involved at the, the, the sort of latter stage. So, so yes, it's about process, continuity, making sure you're following through with your, uh, with your threats, for, uh, for want of a better phrase, uh, persistence as well. Something that's, that's also very important is, uh, is your terms and conditions. It sounds, sounds very basic, but um, a lot of schools have fallen foul of this in the past. Uh, what I mean by that is making sure that your terms and conditions are stating that debt collection legal costs will be recovered if the the fees weren't paid. We we did recently have a have a school that lost a uh, a legal case because the new set of terms because schools update their terms all the time as they should. The new set of terms was argued hadn't been delivered to the parent, um, which was obviously a shock to us. But it just you know it just goes to show that making sure that things are addressed uh, to the parents. It's not just labeled parents. It's small changes that uh, do have a big impact and can have a big impact later down the line. You mentioned there it's recovery of fees. Is it majority of the time fees? I mean, are there other debts that you typically collect for independent schools? And what's the process for handling particularly difficult cases? So, yes, I mean, you know, it, it is typically sort of tuition fees. I mean, you know, we, we do get a lot of extras that can be easy to to sort of forget. I mean, obviously the school fees are the most important thing, but some parents believe on, on past experience that because they're up to date with their tuition fees, they shouldn't be paying the extras for your the trips and 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 what have you. So typically we're we're dealing with cases of fees in lieu of notice. You know, it might be that the parent doesn't understand or claims not to understand the the, the one month rule. It's typically the levers, you know, some schools will refer at a, a much earlier stage through our credit management approach, which is typically used for when the children are still in school. But generally speaking, it's uh, we're dealing with the levers. You know, there's, there's no longer the leverage to sort of exclude the child from the school. But yes, I mean, it, we do have very difficult cases, as, as you can imagine. I think, you know, our experience has taught us to expect the unexpected. We are at the point now where we've seen, well, we probably haven't seen everything, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it sort of feels that way. And for us as a, as a business, it's always about adapting, you know, overcoming uh, situations and, yes, as I say, sticking to the process and, and, and hopefully that gets the results. Yeah, sure. I mean, how do you work with independent schools to understand kind of the unique financial challenges and also provide tailored solutions to meet the needs of, of independent schools and, and bursars? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we always offer the opportunity for a meeting. I think that's always the, a good starting point to sit down, understand how things are done, where the pressure points are and 
understanding where we can add the most value. That may be at an earlier stage, as, as we spoke about before, it might be, you know, there might be a couple of stages to be introduced internally. But I mean, debt collection isn't, uh, you know, a one size fits all arrangement. Every school is going to have a different sort of uh, idea of what it is that they need. Um, we're, you know, we can we can only offer our suggestions based on the, you know, based on the the, the heavy number of schools that we work for. I think, you know, a lot of it is is just about the continuous development and the communication with our clients and making sure that if there's anything that does need changing that it's addressed as as soon as possible. In your experience, what are some of the common mistakes that independent schools make when it comes to debt recovery and how can they avoid them? Typically it's being too generous, shall we say, and by that I mean allowing too much time to resolve the problem. You know, we we will often get referrals that are sort of two or three years old. And we're sort of wondering why it hasn't possibly come over a little bit sooner. Again, it's uh, it's down to the school, the individual school and their way of doing things. However, you know, we, we can only offer our suggestions, again, based on, on, on what we know and based on a, a, a well-developed solution to, um, to, to unpaid fees. Some, there's, there's often a bit of a not a clash, but uh, a slight difference of opinion with the bursar and, and the head teachers of the school. It's, you know, that the bursar are generally uh, thinking about the, the financial impact that it will have not chasing the fees. The head teacher is more thinking about the uh, sort of emotional side of it, shall we say. So it, that that can be a little bit um, a little bit difficult, but um, you know, as long as everyone is is treated relatively the same to to a certain extent. I mean, if there are if we're talking about vulnerable people, vulnerable customers, then obviously you need to change things. But as long as you're sticking to the process and making sure that things are followed through and not letting things roll on too long, and finally, you know, knowing when it's time to to draw a line and uh, and, and get it outsourced, send it to the professionals who know what they're um, who know what they're doing and can put in the time and resources to to get the job done. Well, Michael, thank you for that. And just finally, could you just walk us through the process for collecting outstanding tuition fees and other, I suppose, school related debt? Yes, of course. So the the communication is of uh, is obviously the most important thing. So. The pre-legal debt collection process starts with a series of letters uh, that starts with the um, letter of claim. It gets sent out at the start of every case by the dedicated account manager who will uh, essentially take on the case once we've received all the appropriate supporting documents. We don't need to see everything, just the statement of account, signed acceptance form, the school's terms and conditions. Based on that, the letter of claim will go out same day in the post and also by email which will detail everything from the principal debt balance, any costs and interest added on, that type of thing. We won't just sort of sit back and wait for a response from that because, you know, we, we know that we need to be getting the debt to the, the top of the pile, essentially. It's, you know, it's quite likely that they're going to have other debts that are maybe other debt collection agencies, maybe just companies in general chasing them for money. So for us to put the debt to the top of the pile, that's, that's obviously very important. So phone calls, follow-up letters, emails will be made. I think it's all about continuity, really, and, you know, keeping up the momentum in the, in the first instance. We won't sort of just send endless letters. It will get to the point where we're we're coming back to the school and suggesting that that legal action uh, is taken, obviously when appropriate. Part of our service is to sort of sit in the middle of the the school and the parent and our panel of solicitors. 
you know, make sure that nothing is sort of lost in translation. You know, that the nature of solicitors is to, uh, is to use the sort of legal jargon. So uh, we're sort of bridging the gap, if you like, and uh, and making sure that everything is is fully understood and uh, and at what stage, because it can get confusing. Um, once we're sort of at that stage, it's all about finding how we can reach the result that we want. I mean, the follow on from that is really uh, working out if you need to, which enforcement action is going to be the best to take. Now, I mean, obviously, we're the we're the experts in the field. We know what is likely to produce the best result. I mean, charging orders are, you know, the ideal scenario, securing the debt to a property. However, obviously, it depends on the circumstance. If they don't own a property, that's that's not going to be available. But the account manager who is appointed at the start of the case, they have vast experience dealing with private school parents and know where to apply the pressure to um, to hopefully mean that it doesn't get to the stage of, of taking legal action. But typically speaking, look, debt collection is one of those things that you just need to keep up the continuity and the momentum uh, and the persistence. And, you know, persistence does pay off. Gosh, I'd never, I'd never thought that hard about debt collection, but you've made it sound <laughs> like quite a hard, hard job, which I suppose is why you guys are there. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, no one necessarily wants to be a, a debt collector, but, um, you know, s- someone has to do it. And I think, you know, we've, as I say, we've we've been doing it long enough now to to know what to look for to get the best result. Yeah, marvellous. And then, right, looking ahead, we've got the May conference coming up, which you yourself will be at along with your lovely team. Yes, yes, we will be looking forward to it. No, absolutely. I think I caught up with you last time at it as well. And at the recent, was it an HR conference I saw you at? I forget. Uh, it was the finance one. Finance, there you BMA go. House, the yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're all in the same place, so they all blur into one for me. But no, that's fantastic. And yeah, you're off on your your big walk fairly shortly. So I wish you all the yeah. very best in that. Thank uh, you. And then final question: If you were, you know, you're going to a school, having a sit down, if you had a preference mm. of tea or coffee, and what would be the ideal biscuit? <laughs> what are we saying? Hmm, it's a good question. It could be the the, the classic digestive. I'm, I'm feeling uh, could be a bit crumbly though, so you'd, you'd have to. I, that's going to take a bit more thought, really. Um, yes. well, that's the question of all of this. That's going to take more thought. Not any of the difficult <laughs> questions about debt collection. Fair enough. It is a big topic. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll go. We'll stick with coffee and a digestive. I think. Final answer. Delightful. There you are, bursters who are listening. Prepare that for when when Michael comes around. Uh, right. I'll let you jump off. Thank you so much, Michael. Really, really grateful to have you on, and thanks for explaining so much about Redwood. See you at the conference. No problem. Nice to chat, Leo. Thank you. And there we are. That is the end of our conversation with Michael at Redwood. Thank you very much to him for coming on and chatting. Now, if you'd like to hear from some of the other headline sponsors for our upcoming annual conference, head to our playlist wherever you get your podcasts and have a peruse through there. We'll be back on Thursday for the usual style of episode. Till then, farewell.